My name is Tommaso, and welcome to another installment of My First Year Stories School Time Survival Guide. Wherever you are in your life story, join us this summer for some tailored content about living or commuting, learning in person or virtually, and thriving at the University of Connecticut. Our guide will give you tools for jumping in as a valuable part of UConn Nation come August. You'll hear from me, our staff, and some of our past guests on a variety of topics we've compiled specifically to provide perspectives about UConn with all its quirks and opportunities. This is our special advice episode. In this part of the guide, you will hear from our season one guests as they impart wisdom. To hear more from these guests, make sure you check out all our full-length season one episodes. We hope you enjoy. Um, so what are some things that you learned in your first year at UConn that helped you mentor other students in their first years? Mm-hmm. So coming on to campus my freshman year, I was definitely excited, but I also found a bunch of discouraging times like coming at me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a science major, so I was taking all these different labs and trying to keep up with everything. And, you know, I couldn't just do what I did in high school. And I, I learned that the hard way, you know, failing an exam or not understanding material, not knowing what to do. And I think the biggest thing I learned is that you have to have a growth mindset. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book mindset, but I think it's a great book. Um, if you ever want to read it, but it talks about fixed mindset and growth mindset. And, you know, having a fixed mindset means that you're afraid to tell yourself because you're afraid that you're not going to succeed. And that was what I was stuck in freshman year for sure. It was like, I, if I take this exam, I'm probably going to fail because I'm so confused and I'm not going to push myself to try and learn anything else. Cause I'm just, I'm just so discouraged. And I think that a lot of people are in that fixed mindset coming into such a new situation. They're like, I don't want to challenge myself because what if I don't succeed and I, and I fail. But I think the biggest thing that I've learned and that I try to instill in my mentees is to have that growth mindset, learn about success by failing. And I think that's so important because everybody is so afraid to fail. You can learn so much more about yourself as a person by failing. Like it's so it's scary. Obviously nobody wants to fail, but sometimes you learn so much more through the process and you grow personally by failing and by having that growth mindset of, you know, I'm going to try this. And the worst that can happen is that I fail and then I learn and then I can be successful next time. So I think my biggest change from freshman year to now and what I see in my mentees when I work with them is that transition from having that fixed mindset to having that growth mindset. And I think that's so important. Yeah, that's such a great piece of advice, especially because a lot of students coming here are like top of their class in their high schools and are used to being and not used to being the best and not failing. And then all of these students are now in the top of their class and they fall somewhere in the middle. And it's it's Mm -hmm. definitely difficult. It's difficult for some of them, especially some of my friends. And your your advice is definitely (laughs) one that people should take. And I think that's why we started this. That was one of the reasons why we started this podcast is to show other people's failures and show that that wasn't the end for them and that they've just kept growing, like you said, and kept pushing forward. And that's something so important. So you've given a lot of great advice this episode. Um, Is there any other advice you'd give our college student listeners? Yeah, you know, I want to just center, I think these questions are wonderful. I would center self-care, but community care also. I think you all are dealing with so much right now. Um, It doesn't need to be stated. This is a lot. And I think in this difficult time, all of us need to take care of ourselves, but also need to take care of each other. And so like to return to like that mutual aid frame, to return to this notion that, you know, there are a number of ways to get help if you need it through friends and family and asking for it. It's okay to ask for help because... Mm -hmm. You know, our society is so rooted in individualism and 
um, acknowledging weakness can seem as like a personal deficiency. But, you know, I always tell students like getting support from friends and family is important and also getting support from professionals. So I do tell my students, I go to therapy, I talk about things that are troubling me. And I, you know, didn't grow up necessarily in a culture that valued that, but Mm -hmm. um, have educated myself. And we all have, I think, um, for those of us that are learning to accept and understand the role of mental health in our day to day. So um, this work is hard. And I think, as you noted, Tommaso, it's a, a long haul. And if you look at people that have been doing social justice, racial justice work for decades, you you really, it's hard to, to not to notice, but the ones that have been doing it for a long time have wonderful practices around what they eat and how much they exercise and whether it's yoga or going to the, you know, um, do runs, go to the gym, being vegan, you know, meditative practices. I think there's a connection there. You know, I, I, I haven't seen any studies, but I can Yeah, but there has to be. There has to be. So finding even on the busiest day, you know, time for yourself to think, to recenter, to think about what you're putting in your body, to think about, you know, who you need to connect with. I think that's so important. And I don't think people expect, you know, law professors to say that, no, but, but I think true. it's so important. We need you here. We need you well. We need you happy to do this work because yeah. this work, racial justice, fighting anti-Blackness, fighting the legacies of structural oppression, it requires a lot of love. It requires a lot of persistence and it requires perseverance. And you can't persevere if you have no energy, if you're not. Yeah. So thinking about that too. That, yeah. And I, that's what I think kind of one of the things I sort of learned my first semester is not getting caught up in kind of everybody else's thinking and just, yeah. like you said, setting aside those hours in the day where you're like, this is, this is how I need to kind of refresh and be my best self for everybody else. Well, and that kind of brings me to my next topic. So what are some of the top issues or like concerns, challenges that you see first year students face? Um, well, and today is kind of a tough time to die. Right. I mean, with COVID, we, we have a whole set of things. But, uh, you know, I think for first year students, um, uh, the adjustment of figuring out who they are and what they want to be involved in, engaged in, you know, what are their passions? Yeah. You know, trying to investigate, you know, sort of having a sense of what are my interests and then how do I pursue those interests and get engaged in those things? With a lot of pressure from society and family sometimes that tells them different kinds of messages. Right. So right now STEM is a big push and, you know, the job market is a big push. So I think a lot of students feel there's lots of pressure to be, you have to be a certain thing to get a certain kind of job. Being sort of from a more liberal arts point of view from my perspective, and I still believe it's true today, is that... Um, we don't know what those jobs are going to be in the future. No one can tell. And, you know, when I graduated in 1980, there was no internet. So, you know, I think that the jobs that are today, you know, we didn't even imagine when I was going to college. And I think that's going to be the case in the future. So how do we prepare for that? Obviously, there are fields where you have to be certain kinds of majors. But um, so, so so then how do you help students kind of get outside their comfort zone to kind of explore different things that will give them the kinds of skills and thinking, habits of mind uh, to be prepared for, for what those new jobs are going to be. Yeah, and FYA creates such a great space for that because coming into, like you said, a research interview, uh, research in university, it is intimidating. It, exactly. It's intimidating. And, um, and, you know, the journey is different for everybody. And um, that's hard to realize when you come in. Everybody thinks there's a right way to do it. Yeah. 
or have a perception or have a picture in their head of how higher education is and what it should be. And when the picture doesn't match or the experience you're having doesn't match the picture in your head, then there's, you know, things like loneliness and depression and other things that kind of creep in or I'm not good enough. And really, I've never met a student who's not good enough to, to succeed at UConn. Um, it's, it's a matter of really where their path is going to go and how they're going to get there uh, is more of the issue. Right. Justice, when you got to UConn, you were heavily involved in a variety of clubs and groups like UConn Hip Hop Collection, Leadership and Diversity, NEAG School of Education, and held lots of leadership positions. How did you find time to enjoy and participate in all of these activities on top of schoolwork? Oh, much love, much love. I think um, it goes back to what I said before when I was talking about uh, my mom telling me the story of like make the best of an experience that she never had, and that's what I like. That's what I would hear. Like my mom and pops would say that like makes the be- make make the best of an experience you never had, and that's the energy that kind of fueled me. Um, I went to the academic achievement center my first semester, and I got a lot of help with like time management, taking notes. I mean, bio 1107 kicked my butt. Like I was taking that class, <laughs> and I was like, "What it's am still I kicking right butts. Taking this class, it was just so. It was a transition for me, right? As it is for everybody. So I was coupling like making the best of an experience with also utilizing the resources that were there, but also responding to a need. Like if I saw a need at UConn and there was a club organization that was there, like I joined it. If there wasn't a club organization, like we made it. Um, If there was something that I was interested in and that sparked my interest, I kind of like checked it out and went to go and see it. It was brand new to me. And that's the beauty that I've appreciated about going to UConn, right? Like there's There's so much, there's so much to take advantage of truly, like not only just on the extracurricular level, but also with just like support, like the way in which I did it. I went to the writing center all the time. Like I will go there and try to get tutoring for like my writing. Like I would go to the SSS office and try to get support from like an SSS student who was navigating that experience and who talked about what it was just really kind of zoning in on that, on that community aspect and feel. Um, and kind of utilizing those resources that were there. So I give a big shout out to everything that has been there, um, you know, from the academic support, from the Academic Achievement Center. They do some really phenomenal work there. I still utilize my Cornell note-taking system to this day. I still yes. utilize my mind maps. Like when I'm organizing like talks in my head and when I'm giving things like that, like I, I still utilize that stuff from my first year. Um, and then just the great supports that have been there. Like uh, big shout out to Fani from the Puerto Rican Latin American Cultural Center. I mean, she's like, uh, she's like a second mom to so many people, you know, she's just played such an influential role in not only my experience um, at UConn, but so many others. Yeah, and that's an important thing to hear for first years because getting involved is only one part of it. A lot of times college is the first time where students really start to feel this struggle and pressure like, oh, I'm kind of getting behind. I might not be understanding this when you're sitting in a 300 person lecture. And those resources, even though they're so easily accessible, are still so far away for so many students. So those of you listening, don't be afraid to reach out. So sort of transitioning the conversation to more of your life as a researcher, um, what can you tell students who want to get involved with research at UConn? Any advice? Yeah, so uh, I sort of had an in, which unfortunately for our department, it's it's very difficult for undergraduates to get into a lab. There are mm-hmm. opportunities for sure, but we're such a small science department um, that it's very difficult for undergraduates to secure uh, positions for multiple years. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you can't be involved in research. There's a ton of departments that have uh, many, many researchers that have undergraduates um, do a lot of key experiments and important work for them. Uh, specifically, I know psychology, 
the main workforce is in research, psychology yeah. is research and it's done by undergrads. So a lot of the maintenance of, of um, rats and mice and different experimental um, paradigms they have going on is all done by undergraduates on campus. So uh, there's opportunity. Um, and I think that anyone that's interested in anything in science or even social sciences or anything like that, mm -hmm. there's research opportunities for you to really see what it's like to you know contribute in in some aspect to these um, disciplines for example i didn't really appreciate when i was taking courses but a lot of the textbooks are are all based off of fundamental original you know Research, scientific yeah. work so you know sentences that you learn in lecture or whatever oh, okay an exponential this is how that happens all that stuff that that's not just set in stone that's just papers that they've created into a sentence right. and just haven't really cited it in the text. It's just in the back of the book. Mm -hmm. So all the topics that you're learning about are, are all based off of these research efforts from people going Everything. back from the fifties and sixties. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's for me, it was really interesting to be able to even make one sentence in a textbook. Like I contributed that much to this field. You right. know, that, that would be super cool. So Yeah, and just knowing that that is, that is kind of the physical proof of all that hard research work. Exactly. And kind of moving towards our closing questions, thinking more big picture, what do you think like the purpose of college is? Speaking off of my own experience, honestly, it might sound cheesy, but finding yourself is like, I just, I think college just epitomizes that. And by which I mean, like, before I came here, I, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to say that I was very um, conflicted with my, you know, I have my white identity and my native identity. And I was very conflicted on how to embrace those together. Um, especially, you know, given our history between both, but, yeah. <laughs> um, the thing about college for me has been like, you have to just, it's okay to let go of what you think everyone expects you to be and do. Um, and if I had not told Dave, you know, like I want to, you know, embrace my native culture and I want to get involved, I, I probably would have just left it behind, which is just like the worst thing to even think about now looking at where I am. But College for me has been like, you get to embrace your fullest self and people appreciate you for that. So I would say like college for me is not about, you know, obviously I got to get a degree, but it's about finding your true passions. And through that, I feel like you find yourself. Yeah, because the degree is just the byproduct of, <laughs> of yeah. it. You know, it's just you're getting it already along the way. And I completely agree with that because... A lot of times when I ask this question to our guests, it's like to get to get a job, to pursue your passions and stuff. But you're absolutely right. It's about coming out these four years as a contributing and uh, what am I trying to say? Contributing member of society that will create a better place, like you said, for our future ancestors. Right. 100%. Thanks for listening. Rolskis. The My First Year Story podcast is a production of the University of Connecticut's undergraduate student body in collaboration with the Office of First Year Programs, Learning Communities, the Academic Achievement Center, and Learning Community Innovation Zone. Our co-producers are Casey Jaycox and Hannah Peterson. Our staff advisors are Cody Ryan and Helena DeVault. For more information on our podcast, to meet our entire staff, and to listen to more episodes, visit fyp.uconn.edu backslash mfys. 
and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UConnFYP. FYP.